want to keep your lawn green and your home bug free, call Protex today at 407-542-0044 or visit them online at ProtexLawn.com. That's P-R-O-T-E-X Lawn.com. With today's economic environment, it's never been more important to secure your hard-earned wealth for you and your family's future. FinSec Life works to offer industry-leading customer service to help successful individuals and businesses protect their wealth. Whether it's a business succession plan, estate liquidity, or a variety of life and long-term care policies, FinSec Life can help deliver peace of mind, knowing that if something happens, you or your company is taken care of. Visit FinSecLife.com. That's F-I-N-S-E-C Life.com. Securities offered through Valmark Security, Inc., member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Valmark Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. FinSec Life is a separate entity from Valmark Securities, Inc. and Valmark Advisors, Inc. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crying in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, I tell you. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now. Go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Welcome to the David Pollock Show. exciting David Pollack show. It's like a stimulus check for your mind. And we're back. And before I get right into it tonight, and boy, do we have another exciting show, of course. And I might have previewed this um, at the end or during my last show. I said, they're probably going to indict Trump any day now, and they'll probably do it on a Tuesday. And what do you know they did? So I hope it's not old news by now. But tonight we are talking about Trump's indictment Again, because we haven't a chance to talk about it with my listeners yet. And guys, <laughs> we're going to get into it. I got a, I got a great lineup of guests tonight. I have a Trump White House policy advisor and attorney, Robert Bowes, coming on. Um, later, we have a media personality and a public policy expert, Jim Pfaff, coming on. We got lots of exciting conversations. But first, I want to let you know, guys, about what I did this weekend. So I went on vacation. Well, it was a staycation. The kids are starting school next week. And so I wanted to give them a little, you know, 24 hours in a hotel with a pool. And we decided to do it, you know. In local Orlando, we had really nice resorts here with really nice pools, and so we stayed at a pool. And the reason why I'm sharing with this this with you guys is not to brag about my pool vacation, um, because something occurred to me where I'm on vacation. And and first of all, it wasn't it wasn't the nicest hotel, but it was stupid expensive in my opinion. Then we you know we pay like fifty bucks to park, then we pay like fifty dollars for the resort fee, then I'm paying like twenty dollars for a drink, then I'm paying like. I think we got a cheeseburger and two chicken tenders and like a soda, like a hundred bucks. The service wasn't great. I'm not going to say where I was, but all I'm telling you is, I don't know if you guys have been on vacation since COVID, but everything has changed and COVID policy, I think ruined America. I don't think there's a vacation I've been on a place I've been to that isn't the same as what it was pre COVID. It's like, nobody wants to be at work anymore. Everything is stupid expensive. I blame Biden for that. I mean, the prices, I went to the grocery shopping when I got back from vacation. I just needed food for the week. School's starting. 
350 bucks. And I'm not, I'm not talking about lobster here, guys. I'm talking about Capri Suns and lunch meat. Everything is out of control, and Biden's out there spiking the football like he's done something. Give him an ice cream cone, for God's sakes. It's insane. And the reason why I'm telling you this, guys, is because I'm pissed. <laughs> and you should be too, and you shouldn't forget it. It's easy to be distracted by everything that's going on right now with all of these garbage Trump indictments. It's easy to be distracted with Ron DeSantis running around like he's the second coming. It's easy to be distracted when everybody is, is telling you to look at all these other shiny objects instead of paying attention to what's real. And that's gas is three times expensive what, of what it was three years ago. Groceries are three times as expensive what they were three years ago. Nobody wants a damn job. And you talk about unemployment. Yeah, unemployment might be down. That's because people need two jobs just to pay for this freaking economy. I'm going to take a breath. But guys, as you hear in the beginning of the show, and, and I've been calm. I have been because I just want us to to relax and have a peaceful time where we can have a nice conversation. I do. I really do. I want us to feel good about these conversations. But at the beginning, you hear that clip from the movie The Network when the, when the reporter go. If you haven't seen it, that's where the clip is from. When the reporter is talking about how he's losing his mind, a dollar visa nickels worth or whatever it is. I don't know what to tell you to do about inflation or Russia. It's the same stuff that's happening now. But he's talking about he's mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. Guys. <laughs> it's okay to be mad. I'm mad. And you know what? I'm not going to take it anymore either. And that's why we have to talk about what is going on in this next presidential election. Because if you want your gas prices lower, your grocery prices lower, and all this stuff that's been going on, uh, if you want it to change and you want your choice, it looks like the government is going to do whatever it can that you don't have that choice anymore. So wake up. Do something about it. You do not have to take it. And I'm going to get right into my subject. But before I do, quick Pollock show rabbit hole. Did you see that the United States female uh, World Cup team lost to Sweden uh, during penalty kicks? And the one who missed the kick was America's favorite, uh, uh, I think Megan Rapinoe, I think she pronounces her name. She misses the penalty kick. Trump, (laughs) of course, goes to social media, basically talks about the USA going to hell. He says woke equals failure and everybody's losing their mind about it. But I can tell you this, if they would have spent half as much time practicing as it did protesting, maybe there'll be a different result. Yeah. okay. if you get involved in politics and people aren't rooting for you, that's that's (laughs) guys ask Bud Light. So anyway, I'm going to get right into it. Um, We're going we're going to talk about Trump (laughs) and I want to bring in my first guest, Robert Bose. He's a former White House uh, policy advisor. He's an attorney. I've spoken to this guy before. He's brilliant. And we're about to dissect everything that's been going on with now three and a half Trump indictments. Robert, welcome to the show. Hey, David, how are you? I'm doing okay. As you can see, I'm turned up tonight. Uh, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm overwhelmed with the status of, of the world. And I think a lot of people are. And I think it's time we all start at least speaking truth to it and saying, okay, what's going on right now is not okay. And before we get into it, I have a clip from uh, Trump's latest indictment. Um, and this was in DC when he was leaving, he was getting ready to board his airplane. Uh, and he said the following. Gabe, go ahead. Well, thank you very much. This is a very sad day for America. And it was also very sad driving through Washington, D.C. and seeing the filth and the decay and all of the broken buildings and walls and the graffiti. This is not the place that I left. It's a very sad thing to see it. Uh, When you look at what's happening, this is a persecution of a political opponent 
This was never supposed to happen in America. This is the persecution of the person that's leading by very, very substantial numbers in the Republican primary and leading Biden by a lot. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen in America. Thank you very much. That's it. There's a quote. That's the I call it indictment 3.5 because, you know, they had the one in New York. They had the one in Miami. Then they have the one. Well, then they added to the one in Miami. Now they have the one in D.C. And stay tuned for the one in Georgia. And I wanted to talk to you about all of these indictments tonight. I know we can't get in depth with every single one of them. There's too much to unpack. But first, I kind of want to ask you generally, what is your opinion at this point um, with indictment 3.5? Are these getting stronger, weaker? Are people just over it? What do you think, Robert? This is Joe Biden's campaign strategy. He's in his basement for the first half of the year. I think he spent $1,500 on, on campaign travel. So he's not even it's, what, what he's doing is having the federal uh, his federal regime, the DOJ, Merrick Garland, Jack Smith, be his campaign surrogates to bring these hoaxes. And it's just another hoax one after the other. I mean, I would say, you know, some some are they're all laughable. Maybe maybe some are more laughable than the others, but all of them involve people. Uh, pretend, you know, you have to pretend something's wrong first. Everyone involves pretense, pretense to the hoax. Uh, we we can go through them, but you know, this last one, um, you know, you you've got to pretend that that they're that that uh, I mean, they're they're basically saying Trump conspired to defraud the United States. <laughs> And basically, the guy was just calling out president, greatest president in my lifetime. Uh, he called out election fraud and they don't like it. The Democrats are so focused on going back to 2020 because they know President Trump is a threat to them for 2024. So they, they're going to keep bringing this down to uh, bringing these indictments to interfere with the election going forward. And look at the timing. So this this last one, the August 1st uh, uh Jack Smith's elector hoax is now set for a hearing on August 28th. The prior one, the document hoax, is set for trial May 20th. And then the the uh, false business records one, the Alvin Bragg hoax in New York City, that's set for a trial on March 25th. They're timing these trials for maximum the- political theatrical impact. They don't. They know they don't have a, a leg to stand on in the law when they get out of the trial court. When these go to appeal, they're all going to get knocked down. But they want to have a drumbeat of, you know, rigged courts like D.C., like New York, who are going to come in with trial-level convictions, with juries that are so prejudiced to to Trump, Donald Trump in particular. They are this is this is all designed to be election interference, and it's the entirety of the, the Joe Biden campaign. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. A lot of people agree with you. And, and you know, there's people who try to legitimize it. Nobody's above the law. What should we give him a pass because he's the former president? Uh, you know, there's all of these people who are trying to legitimize what is going on and, and acting as if this is somehow normal. Um, I, I'm I, I'm all over the place trying to explain to people how we shouldn't normalize this. I've said on this show, I've said on other places that the more we talk about the and, and I'm a lawyer as well. And the more we talk about the legal aspects of this case, because that's what we tend to do. We try to look at the law of it because that's interests us. But the more we try to legitimize these these bogus prosecutions with a legal discussion, it kind of gives it kind of gives credibility to these. And, and I, I almost want to say I'm not having any more legal discussions about the merits 
of these cases because to do so legitimizes something that is purely political and um, illegitimate. And look, and let's look at this latest indictment. Conspiracy to defraud the U.S., conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. All of these based on Trump telling people that something funny happened in the election and that we should look into it. <laughs> like, he, he had nothing to do with the riot. We had an entire impeachment. He had nothing to do with the riot that happened in the, in the Capitol. And as a matter of fact, there was more federal agents on the ground than there was Trump people, most likely. So, you know, what's going on here, honestly, is taking something political and assessing crimes to it and then trying to legitimize that. What do you think? Well, so the, the president... They're saying he that the president knew that he was making false statements about the election. No, yeah. he he knows that there was election fraud, a massive outcome determinative election fraud in several states. The evidence is uh, is out there. It's not fully out there. This case may be the way another way to get it out there. The other thing they're saying is that that um that he you know he's driving. He, that he wanted to obstruct an official proceeding. No, absolutely not. He did not want. The strategy was to let the Congress do their job under the Electoral Count Act and to decide the slate. And they were going to do that. There were 100 members of the House, several U.S. senators that had already telegraphed they wanted to challenge slates of electors. This was totally telegraphed that the, the official proceedings, everybody, certainly on the Trump side, Maybe not Nancy Pelosi, but they, they wanted those official proceedings to happen. <laughs> there was no way we wanted the, the Trump side wanted to interrupt those at all because we wanted the challenges. We wanted Mike Pence to uh, you know, do his job under the Electoral Count Act. It's funny how they, uh, they tried to tinker with that later in last year with the Electoral Count Reform Act. But when they did so, it preserved all of the challenges at, that, that are in the, in the Constitution where, you know, the, the Congress can challenge, they, they change the number. They, now you need 20% of the Congress instead of a few and a couple senators. They, they tinkered with that, but they preserved the, the constitutional right to challenge state slates of electors. Now, there are a couple other things they did add to that that are probably not constitutional. They basically said, well, instead of having, you know, the let, they basically went around the legislatures, and I think that's unconstitutional. The legislatures are supposed to control the time, place, and manner, manner of election. So Florida legislature could say, hey, here are our, our delegates. You know, you could, you, the, the Electoral Count Act still says you can have an aggrieved candidate bring their slate as a contingency. And that's exactly what Donald Trump did. President Trump brought their legitimate alternative contingent electors that were ready to go if the Congress were to continue their official proceedings. Somehow or other, Nancy Pelosi and the Fed's direction purposely interrupted that process. Not Donald Trump. No. The Fed's direction did. Yeah, and and even and and what the listener if you know for the listeners out there do understand the difference between actually doing something and conspiracy to do something. Conspiracy is basically you attempted to do it and you would have done it. You've made a a, mo, a, a step towards completing the crime even though it wasn't actually carried all, carried through. And so this is what they're saying. They're suggesting that he tried to do all of it. He didn't actually do them, but he tried to. And that's how much of a stretch they're going out on a limb to try to take down Donald Trump. And that's the thing where people 
on conservative circles are saying that this is political because they're going out of their way to prosecute a former president. And even and Judge Cannon now. And, and are you familiar with what she said today uh, about or, or the other, I don't know if it was today or, or when she said it, but she basically rebuked federal prosecutors about the grand jury. Did you hear about that? Yes. So they, she, the the uh, Biden administration wanted to steal the evidence and hide it. And can the judge Cannon shot them down. So uh, now I don't think I think they're going to have a rig judge in D.C. with this Chutkin. Yeah, she was involved in stealing up the, the Russia hoax documents with Fusion GPX GPS. She was working at Boy Schiller with Hunter Biden. So she's, she's totally in the tank for Biden. And, and Donald, the, the Trump team is right to recuse her and they're right to telegraph they want to change venue. The venue changes. There's tremendous prejudicial bias in D.C. against President Trump. Too, too, too much. Any other normal case, easily move to another jurisdiction. Yeah. Move it to West Virginia. Move to, move to yeah. Virginia, you know. Yeah, well, and if it's and if it's a conspiracy against to defraud the U.S., then it could be anywhere in the U.S., right? Why does it have to be in D.C.? This, if it occurred, right. if he's conspiring to defraud the entire country, then let's go to like <laughs> I don't know. Why don't we go to Mississippi for this trial? Let's right. go find a jury pool from Mississippi. Um, I want to talk to you. I want to talk a little bit more about what Trump might be doing with his tweets as a strategy. I got to go to a quick break. Can you hang on for me for just a second? Yeah, and we'll yeah. pick up this conversation on the other side of the break, guys. Don't go anywhere. Dave Pollock will be right back. Are you an insurance agent or property manager looking for a reliable and accurate property inspection? Floridian Property Consultants specializes in citizens insurance packages and replacement cost appraisals so you can get bound quickly, easily, and accurately. FPC's experienced inspectors will make sure each assessment meets all the insurance carrier standards while ensuring that you don't pay for more than you need. Work with a company that respects your time and budget as much as you do. Visit online at FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. That's FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. Welcome back. That was a very quick break. We made the breaks a little bit shorter today because we had a lot to cover. Um, Later on in the show, I I wanted to let you guys know we have a brand new sponsor, too, actually, Protex. And you already heard uh, their their ad. And we have another new sponsor, Beard Vet Coffee. And, guys, I've had this coffee. It is delicious if you like great coffee, especially from a company that supports veteran charities. Um, Beard Vet Coffee is fantastic. And later on in the show, um, the COO of Beard Vet Coffee is going to call in. We're going to talk more about it. Just wanted to preview that for you. All right, right back into Trump stuff. As you can tell, I'm caffeinated by Beard Vet Coffee. So my mouth is going nonstop today. If you want energy like this, just drink Beard Vet Coffee. Um, So Trump's doing a tweet storm. I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. And I, you know, I never know how to feel about Trump's tweet storms. Sometimes I, I, I cringe a little, to be honest with you. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, um, I think there's a strategy. I've always said there's strategies behind his tweets. And especially um, during uh, Trump's first term, uh, there was times where he would tweet things and people would be like, oh, boy, what did he do this time? And I'd be like, patience, especially when like the NFL took a knee. I remember he started posting things like that and was like, oh, no, I'm like, just wait. I think Trump has a strategy here with his tweets. I th- people think he wants to go to jail to be a martyr. I actually think. He wants to force the government's hand here to show their bias. Because you mentioned bias right before the break. 
And I'm wondering if you think these tweets are really to to for the court to try to limit his free speech and really get into like a, a match or maybe he's trying to get some sort of, a, um, you know, what are they called? I'm not, I don't do federal practice. Is it interlocutor? Interlocutory appeal. Interlocutory appeal. Do you yes, think yes. he's trying to get one for free speech and delay this thing by these tweets to try to get an order of protection? What do you think's going on? Well, you know, with, with president's tweets, he's always, he, he's on the court in the, in dynamic battle with folks, all the time with op- op- opposition, all the time, and you really don't know all the backstory, the you know the side deals and the inside information. He does, and when he tweets, it's because there's there's more to the story, and and his tweets bring that out. It's very very you know um, simply he says here's the problem, and and a lot of people when they're going about their business, their their days, work, you know, trying to make money to fight Biden inflation or whatever. And he, his tweets really just uh, amplify and say, this is exactly a problem. It's, a, it's good versus evil, you know, very simple, simple terms. So I love his tweets, but what he's calling out now is, is um, suppression of constitutional rights, free speech. He has the right to, to have free speech. And, uh, and the other side, he's basically saying, you know, they're trying to create an unlevel playing field. They want to give advantage to, to a gag order, which really allows the, the mainstream the mainstream media to get all the leaks. So on the one hand, they want leaked information to the mainstream media to Rachel Maddow and CNN, and they don't they want they want Trump team team to be gagged and and bound by protective order. It's total bull. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that's what he's trying to call out for sure. Um, and I think he's trying to call attention to it. We'll see. I mean, I do find it very interesting that we have uh, a case already going on. And to me, and this is a question I have for you. We already have a case going on in, in, in Florida, right? Why couldn't they just add these four counts to the case in, in Florida? Why did they have to bring a separate case against him? Couldn't they have joined these? They certainly could have. I, I, I think they want that. You know, they're trying to make it. Uh, it's such a stretch. It's, it's very laughable. You know, he did not direct people to go inside the Capitol. He did, I can tell you, 100%, he did not want that official proceeding interrupted at all. He wanted Congress to go and do the challenges and 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 get, get 10 days more for state legislatures to actually look into it. None of them really did. None of them, none of them looked into the election fraud. So he wanted to get more time and, uh, and more review of the election fraud. And, and still coming out. And um, no, I think it, it certainly could have been added to it, but I think it's uh, they want to stretch these out for a drumbeat of election interference. They want them. They probably want them in different places. They know they don't have a case in any. If they if any of these get out to appeal, they're all going to get knocked down. Everyone. Presidential Records Act knocks down the first one. Business business records case and then the NDA with Stormy Daniels. That's going to knock out New York City with Alvin Bragg. Uh, in this case, free speech uh, in the electro hoax one. Uh, and when it comes to Georgia, there's tons of election fraud. That's going to be a fun one because we're going to totally get out, get out all the election fraud in Georgia and the cover up that Kemp and Raffensperger were involved in in Georgia. So we're anxious for that one. And I think we're going to find that evidence was was uh, tampered with, was destroyed in Georgia. We have evidence. We have admissions that that fraud happened in Georgia. So I think this is going to be a, a great way to engage. And we're going to learn. We're going to learn a lot um, about um, about the courts and the electoral process over the next couple months here. 
Yeah, I, I wonder about that. Do you? I wonder because there's all cases across the country about election interference, and you know they, they're in various phases. I think Arizona still has some things going on, but uh, but largely around the country, a lot of these really never really went anywhere. And the argument that the other side says is essentially there's been all these cases and there's been no election fraud. Two things about that. One, as you said earlier on, uh, if Trump believed that there was election fraud, all of these conspiracy counts have to be thrown away. But I wonder, though, now we have criminal proceedings now, very, very high profile criminal proceedings. We're not talking about these election claims that are, are going on. These Trump has a right now to all of this evidence in his defense that might actually prove election interference. So, and I think this is what you were alluding to before. Do you think we're actually gonna see some real evidence now? Because the January 6th case, he has a right to now put people on the stand. There's there's one police officer has been a whistleblower and outspoken against what he, Derek he Johnson. viewed. Derek Johnson. Right. Yes. Now he could put him on the stand. All of this evidence yes, this that's is, been suppressed, it's all gonna come out now, right? It's gonna be great. Uh, it, it, and you already have Jack Smith suppressing that evidence, the, the, the boatloads of data that Bernie Carrick from the Rudy Giuliani team, they, they were doing an investigation in, in a couple states, particularly Georgia. They sent that to Jack Smith, and he didn't even look at it. He, they sent it to him on July 23rd. He indicted on August 1st. And then we found in the data room that he got into it two days later. He didn't even look at the evidence. <laughs> He's sort of just avoiding the, what, what we believe to be exculpatory evidence. So they're trying to, it, it, it's, totally, it's totally unfair right now. Yeah. So I think um, when we get into court orders and then they'll, you know, the judge is rigged like we think she's going to be rigged and in the tank for a railroad job, that's going to be grounds for appeal immediately. Yeah, no, I agree. So, yeah, so no, I, we're we're gonna have to see what comes out. I, I mean, I think finally we're gonna release the tapes. Will have to be released because there's going to be requests for the discovery, and they're going to have to turn it over if they're going to try Trump. And so I think all of this backfires, and I think the truth comes out. Robert, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Um, we, great conversation. I know we're gonna have to be talking. We're going to be talking about this for the weeks to come. More indictments thank to come, you, David. And so thank you so much, and hopefully you'll be back to talk about this another time soon. Thank you, David. Hey, thank you so much. All right, guys, stick around. We have another exciting half of the David Pollock show coming up. We're going to be talking about the the field of candidates right now, what they have to say about these indictments. We'll talk a little bit more about Trump's tweets. Lots to talk about. Guys, look, <laughs> you've been told that nothing happened, that the election interference is all a hoax. It's all a lie. It's going to be out in the open now. This case in January, the January 6th case is certainly going to bring a lot of it to light. So, Stay tuned. Is it all a conspiracy? Will the truth be told? Who knows? All I know is that every time they've taken this too far with the multiple impeachments and everything, it seems to blow up and backfire in their face. I'm hoping that's going to happen here. Um, I think we should let the voters decide who the next president is, not the Department of Justice. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after the break with more discussions, and we'll try to get to some of your calls as well. David Pollock Show will be right back. David Pollack here. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more information on any of our sponsors, or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show, make sure to visit the davidpollockshow.com. There you'll also find our latest articles, links to our social media, and opportunities to become a sponsor yourself. So remember to visit the davidpollockshow.com. 
business owners. Are you sick of dealing with those big name telecommunications companies that leave you frustrated with terrible customer service and then lock you into long-term contracts? That's why I want to introduce you to my friends over at Public Telephone Company. They are an industry-leading VOIP provider offering all-in-one business communication solutions that are completely contract-free with competitive pricing. But perhaps the best part, they're all about supporting their customers with U.S.-based customer service, and they're always willing to go the extra mile. Don't let your phone company drive you mad. Call Public Telephone Company today at 877-314-4080 or visit them at publictelephonecompany.com. That's publictelephonecompany.com. Hey friends, David Pollock here. If you're craving the best soft serve ice cream around, Topper's Creamery's got you covered. Serving the Apopka community for over a decade, Topper's is known for the finest old-fashioned custard-style soft serve ice cream in a variety of of flavors from their french vanilla bean to exciting specials like german chocolate cake but the experience doesn't end there be sure to grab a fresh baked waffle cone or a sundae topped with my favorite the fresh baked brownies they even offer pup cups for your four-legged friends so hurry in to toppers creamery in apopka south 512 hunt club road make sure to tell them david sent you And welcome back to the second half of the action-packed David Pollock show. Guys, <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, I went on the air, I think, in April. And it has been non-stop since the on-air sign went on. I mean, Trump indictment 1, Trump indictment 2, Trump indictment three point uh, 2.5, Trump indictment 3. This is, this is America. I mean, did you ever think... That we'd be prosecuting uh, the uh, Cape. I'm still listening to music. <laughs> Did you ever think we'd be uh, prosecuting a former president of the United States three and a half times? And I mean, I don't know if you saw there was a little uh, tweet exchange uh, with Russia. <laughs> I guess uh, Blinken said something about um, some political prosecution in Russia, and they basically like tweeted back at well, I guess it's called X posting or whatever they're calling Twitter now. Uh, they posted back, uh, yeah, ditto, <laughs> what's happening in America is wrong, too. When Russia is calling out the political prosecution of a former president, uh, you know we have some problems. So I don't know, guys. We're going to continue to talk about this because you know what's weird? We have a whole field of Republican candidates out there trying to figure out how they're going to run against Trump with all of this and all the indictments pending, as you've seen in the polls, Trump only does better when he gets indicted. His numbers keep going up. Now, Ron DeSantis decided it was going to be a good idea to not only attack Trump and Trump supporters. <laughs> I don't know how he's going to peel voters away from Trump uh, on the issue that probably solidifies Trump's base of support, but he is. And now Mike Pence, on the other hand, he's been part and parcel to a lot of this January 6th stuff um, because Trump says and claims that he had the ability to not certify this election. Gabe, I'm going to take uh, that's cut two. I want you to hear uh, Pence in his own words about what Trump is saying, and I don't want to talk about it. Go ahead. Now, 
With regard to the substance of the indictment, I, I've been Pence. very clear. I had hoped it wouldn't come to this. I, I had hoped that uh, uh, this issue and the judgment of the president's actions that day would be left to the American people. Uh, but now it's been brought uh, in a criminal indictment, and I, I can't assess whether or not the government has the evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt what they assert in the indictment. And the president's entitled to a presumption of innocence. But True. For my part, I want people to know that I had no right to overturn the election uh, and that uh, what the president maintained that day and frankly has said over and over again over the last two and a half years is completely false. Mm. And, it, and it's contrary to what our Constitution mm. and the laws of this country provide. Our founders had just won a war against a king. And the last thing they would have done was vest unilateral authority in any one person to decide who would be the next president. I dismissed it out of hand, but sadly, the president was surrounded by a group of crackpot lawyers that kept telling him what his itching ears wanted to the hear. The co-conspirators. And while I made my case to him of what I understood my oath of the Constitution to require uh, the president ultimately, uh, ultimately, you know, continued to demand uh, that I choose him over the Constitution. There you go. So in this moment, irrespective of how this case plays out, I, I want the American people to know. Yep. Choose, I believe with all my heart. Did he choose him? Did he choose the Constitution over Trump? That's an excellent question. Now, Trump, in response, uh, wow, it's finally happened. Little Mike Pence, a man who was about to be ousted as governor of Indiana until I came along and made him VP, has gone to the dark side. I never told the new Ian Bolden, not based on his 2% poll numbers. Pence put me above, I never told him to put me above the Constitution or that was Mike being too honest. And essentially he says he's delusional and he wants to show he's a tough guy. Now, I want to bring in uh, my next guest, Jim Pfaff. Welcome to the show. Uh, I want to ask you whether Trump is right here or whether Governor Pence is right. Did he have the ability to do what Trump was asking him to do, or was he honoring the Constitution? What's your thoughts on that? Well, I'll tell you what, it becomes very <laughs> cloudy when it's put together in those terms. So, uh, no, there, no one does have the unilateral authority to decide who's president, not even the, the president of the Senate, which is what the vice president is, and who presides over this counting of electoral votes. But but that being said, there are certain duties that the president of the Senate does have, both constitutionally and within the framework of the Electoral uh, Count Act that was passed in 1876. After a disaster of an electoral count in, in the Rutherford B. Hayes versus Samuel Tilden election, that almost led to a re-up of the Civil War, by the way. Let's remember, these are con contentious things that happened. The contention is not the problem here. It's just the process. So no, I, I mean, I don't think it's really clear, but no, Mike was, would not have uh, gone past the Constitution and uh, Trump was not asking him to. I think that there's truth on both sides of that. Yeah. That's an interesting take. So, but a lot of this debate, and I guess a lot of the uh, case uh, in, in D.C., again, about conspiracy uh, related to January 6th, I guess hinges upon whether or not Trump believed that he, Mike Pence could do uh, what he was asking to do, whether he believed that there was fraud. What do you think about that? 
Well, I think I think that it doesn't hinge on. Well, I mean, I guess in a sense, it's really technical. It hinges on that. But let's be clear here: we we do this in so many areas of law right now. Like we've totally messed up how we approach law. We believe that a legal system can highly define what a person was thinking in their heart, and and then we make adjustments based on that, one way or the other. That's stupid. Listen, Donald Trump was convinced that there was problems. He was convinced that there was fraud. He stated that. If you want to try to figure out the dark recesses of his heart, if he really thought it was bad, well, we still have a problem because this is a political process. And Donald Trump's fully within his rights to make his argument that there was a problem. I've also said, by the way, with Mike, that um, uh, Mike could have come back in 2021 in fact, I was telling Mike's people this, and you brought me on because I'm, uh, I'm a friend of Mike Pence's from many years back. I'm from Indiana. Um, Mike should have in 2021 been going out and saying that there were at least five, maybe seven states that went out and changed their election laws that determined how these electors were chosen without the authority of their state legislatures, which is in violation of Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, of the Constitution. If Mike was for the Constitution on that day, January 6th, he should have also been for the Constitution in regards to what I'm saying. Because that's a clear constitutional crisis, frankly, that we had in the 2020 election that really has not been substantively addressed now and could have been substantively addressed if the, the riot thing, which was a very tiny group of people, hadn't happened in the Capitol on that day. I think that that's what we really lost an opportunity to deal with. And Mike should have been out screaming about just as much as he's talking about uh, what he's saying today. It, it, it really falls flat because he won't do because he won't do that. You let the cat out of the bag. I wasn't going to tell anybody that you were friends with the uh, former vice president, <laughs> former governor, former congressman. I was going to bring it out later to like a big reveal. <laughs> <laughs> But you spoil Sorry about that. It worked in the argument, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it. no, absolutely. And and yeah, you do have uh, personal uh, knowledge of of uh, the vice president, and 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 you make an ex, and that's and for credibility purposes, I'm glad you brought that up because it's important for the listeners to hear the fact that yeah, you can think that maybe what Trump was asking to do after January sixth, maybe he could or couldn't have done. But there's other things that he could have done. And I think that was the big beef that a lot of Trump people had with Pence is that he wasn't using the power that he did have as president of the Senate, as vice president, and as he didn't appear to be an ally of the president. And that's something I want to ask you. And this relates to every candidate right now in the field. Maybe, maybe save Vivek Ramaswamy. It seems that a lot of people's big uh, disagreement with Trump is that they just don't like him. And because they don't like him and they disagree with the way he goes about doing things, maybe they really didn't want to have his back when they should have in some of these situations. Do you think, even even though, do you think the governor really never liked Trump that much? And maybe that's why he didn't get into it when he could have to try to bring up the constitutional crisis where it was relevant. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, I believe that when Mike accepted the nomination, the, the, you know, Trump's uh, offer of the nomination for vice president, that he went in good faith deciding that he was going to back up Donald Trump. And for four years, by and large, he did. 
Now, I spent eight years on Capitol Hill and in and around national politics for most of the last 30 years. And I do believe that Mike caused a few problems, not because of loyalty, but because of focus. So he was friends with Paul Ryan, for example, and Paul Ryan totally undermined the Trump agenda when he was Speaker of the House. I was actually working uh, on Capitol Hill as a chief of staff during that time period. And I saw it and I thought it was problematic for me in my mind. That's one problem. I think that Mike helping direct the COVID response didn't undermine Donald Trump on purpose or anything, but also had something of a Washington DC establishment attitude in his approach. I still think he wanted to support the president, but the, the whole COVID response thing that Mike was charged with overseeing, I think that Mike should have been pushing back on Fauci and Dr. Burke when they were just saying what most of us knew were obvious, stupid things. So I, but I don't think that was a disloyalty thing. But the disloyalty came in when Mike felt threatened on January 6th, and he probably had every reason to feel threatened, feel, notice I say feel threatened, but upon reflection afterwards, he could have been less negative and done what I talked about earlier, which is really talk about the major constitutional problem, which isn't the decision that Mike had to make, but the decision that, that um, executives in the states made against the Constitution that changed the whole tenor of the election. And quite frankly, in that sense, it's not like actual votes were stolen. There was actually fraud at the ballot box, although there's, we need to look into that. But there was fraud in the process. And Pennsylvania, Georgia, um, uh, Wisconsin, Nevada, and Arizona, for sh and, and Minnesota also for sure changed their election process in violation of the constitutional provision. Mike should have been out there talking about that. And, and by, by the way, Donald Trump should have been talking about that particular aspect a little bit more as well, in my opinion. But that's where the constitutional crisis is, in my mind, and that's where I think Mike missed it, by not really taking up that charge afterwards. And that would have helped people see his loyalty if it were still there afterwards. But frankly, none of them except Vivek are very loyal to Donald Trump right now. Exactly. Vivek is, is running his own campaign, but he's been very honest about the problems in this process. And he's been right to talk about it. And we need that kind of honesty in our political discourse in this Man, you brought up so many good points in the last two minutes. I want to hit them real quick. First, how fascinating. I didn't even think, and I'm, I don't know if Trump's thought about this yet. The DeSantis people are out there criticizing Trump for the COVID response. Why hasn't Trump turned the spotlight on, on, on Pence and said, hey, Pence was responsible for COVID. Don't blame me. That's a very interesting point that you just made. I hope the Trump people are listening first. Second, um, that was an interesting point that you made, that there's a lot of disloyalty out there. I do believe that the GOP establishment hates Trump. They've always hated Trump. And what you're seeing with every can presidential campaign, with, with except for Ramswamy's, is proving that. But that being said, with Ramswamy, a lot of his criticism is he wasn't even a Republican, apparently, or he didn't even vote Republican, or you know he's one of these new Republicans. And, but so was Trump. And what I find interesting about that is it seems like some of the most outspoken people against the things that most of the people in this country are angry about are not establishment people. And I think if the Republican Party were to wake up and pay attention to what their base actually feels and thinks, I think 
things would be a little bit different. But I want to ask you a quick question, and then I got to go to a break. The question I have for you is this, and I think if if the establishment asked themselves this question, or at least it, it considered it, I think they would have a window into um, Gabe. I'm not going to take a break yet. Um, I think it would give them a window into why people are so upset on the Trump side. And that's this. Do you think if Republican candidates went out and campaigned against Reagan, what if this year, forget Trump, they went out and said, yeah, Reagan was bad for this country, Reagan this, Reagan that, and they were trashing Reagan. How do you think that would go with the Republican base? That's my question to you, Jim. Well, you know, let's just go back to Reagan for a moment to give some insight into that. And I'll be real quick on this. Yeah. Uh, George H.W. Bush disliked Reagan's policy, ran against him. We have this, I, the, the whole uh, uh, verbiage of trickle-down economics, that was George H.W. Bush that brought that up because he opposed right. the supply-side and Art Laffer economic plan that Reagan was promoting. But when he was chosen as vice president, he was firmly loyal to Ronald Reagan. He never backed down from that. And he clearly had disagreements, but he ran Reagan's plan up the flagpole. I think we've got a, a real change in the Republican Party this time around. There is such hatred, and only in the establishment. There's either hatred or just dislike or disgust in Republican establishment circles, which, by the way, I had to fight against constantly when I was in Washington, D.C. I never worked for members who bought into all that crap. But um, that, that, passionate disgust does exist in Republican establishment, and it totally misaligns with Republican voters who in large numbers are willing to vote for Donald Trump. It also uh, goes against independent voters. And by the way, and Hispanic voters in particular, and some black voters that like Donald Trump, and they have no idea. Donald Trump's not destroying the party. They are because they are going against the constituencies that matter to me. You're a hundred percent correct. Uh, Jim, thank you so much. What a great conversation. I could talk to you for another hour and I think the listeners would enjoy it. I got to run to a quick break and, uh, but I want to um, give you an opportunity to tell people where they can find you. I know you have a podcast. And so if people want to listen to more of what you say, guys, I encourage you to hear more about what Jim has to say. He's very smart on a lot of things and he brings up excellent points and says things that people aren't saying. Where can people find you? Everything that I do, people can go to locategym.com and they can get a link to everything I do. But specifically, I have my Against Nice podcast. And if I ever come back, we can talk about it in detail. But I just basically say, you know, listen, we got to be kind people, but we're not to be nice in politics. And there's a reason that we're not supposed to. I talk about that. I bring in big guests like Peter Schweitzer, Charlie Gasparino, Fox News, uh, Congressman Jim Banks, others. I bring a lot of people in that are friends of mine on that podcast. So Against Nice, you can find it on any podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, anywhere you go for podcasts. Perfect. Guys, listen uh, listen to it. And yes, you if you will be back on this show. Great conversation. And thank you for joining us. Guys, we will be back right after this break. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, this Trump stuff. And then we're going to talk to my newest sponsor, Beer Vet Coffee, to talk about all the great things they're doing. Jim, thank you so much for being on the show.
David Pollock here. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more information on any of our sponsors, or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show, make sure to visit the davidpollockshow.com. There, you'll also find our latest articles, links to our social media, and opportunities to become a sponsor yourself. So remember to visit the davidpollockshow.com. Seems Florida is a popular place to live these days, but do you know who is not feeling the effects of limited home inventory? Bugs. That's right. As popular as Florida is for people, pests like it even more, which is why I recommend pest control, termite treatment, and fertilization from Protex. With over 40 years of experience, their fully licensed, bonded, and insured team utilize state-of-the-art products and techniques to maintain a pest-free home. But that's not all. They also provide the highest quality fertilization and pond management services so you can have a green yard and not a green pond. So if you want to keep your lawn green and your home bug free, call Protex today at 407-542-0044 or visit them online at ProtexLawn.com. That's P-R-O-T-E-X Lawn.com. And welcome back to the final eight minutes of the David Pollock Show. I, I don't know if for you guys if it's like this, but for me, it's like a roller coaster. It starts, you go down hit. Well, hopefully it doesn't go down. It goes up. It only goes up. <laughs> There's no drops in this show, but it's exciting. And I, I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. And thank you so much for listening. If you want to be part of the show, I do have some time and some open lines. 407-774-8255. 407 407- 774-8255 if you want to call and be part of the show. I got, I, I have to bring on, and I'm very excited for my first caller here. Ty, welcome to the David Pollock Show. You're one of the smartest people I know. You're, you're uh, an advisor, uh, a friend, and I know you're going to blow the listeners' minds with your comments today. Welcome to the David Pollock Show. Well, David, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the on the line with you. First, you know, with it, what's the saying go? Long time listener, first time caller. So I'm a, it's a pleasure to be on with you. Not just long time listener. So what the what the list, So before I had my radio show, um, I was writing articles for the Buff Show. And if you guys don't listen to the Buff Show, you have to check out the Buff Show. Great content, um, great host. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he gave me a start essentially gave me a shot. So I was writing articles for him and, and Ty would help me review my articles to make sure I didn't, he's like my editor in chief to make sure I didn't sound like an idiot. And, um, so I'm forever great, uh, forever grateful to Ty. Now Ty is an attorney, smart guy. He is a, a, a Trump fan. I, can I say that? Can I say that out loud or do I need to dump that in the last, uh, eight minutes of the, uh, so what I love about you is that you're a practical guy and it's not like you're um, one of these people who's like, you know, got a, a flag on your truck. You just know you just love this country and you know when people are doing what's necessary to make this country a better place. And I think that's what frustrates you so much about what's happening right now. So I want to get your comments. What do you think about everything's happening with all these indictments as a lawyer and as an American and as somebody who is um, somebody who's been following Trump a while? What do you think? Well, first of all, you give me too much credit. You're uh, a wonderful writer and an excellent host. So, you know, <laughs> all you. kudos to you. But, uh, you know, on to the, to, the, to, the, to the matter at hand, honestly, you know, it's, 
it's unheard of to think that this is happening in this country. Um, you and I were talking a couple weeks ago about, you know, history, and, and we, we realized that, you know, back in, in the early parts of this country, Alexander Hamilton and uh, uh, Aaron Burr faced a similar situation, right? There was a lot of hijinks going on in, in Washington, and, and the country was honestly uh, in tatters at that point, but we survived. Um, hopefully that'll happen here. Uh, but again, this is unprecedented. Uh, most people don't think of America as a banana republic, but it seems as if that's where it's going, where you have your, your opponent, you're, you're, you're jailing your opponent, and you're making no, no qualms about it, honestly. It seems as if it's just calculated all across the board. So I'm hopeful, and maybe we can talk about it another time. I know you don't have much time. It's very limited here on a radio program, but... Um, it's it's just on it's on it's unheard of unprecedented and it's uh, in fact scary it reminds me of 1984 the book yeah yeah read i haven't read in a long time but uh, <laughs> i've heard of that one uh we have four minutes and 30 seconds and we should talk about exactly what you just mentioned it is unprecedented and i mentioned this um to my first get guest robert the thing is uh we keep talking about and this is what i told robert as lawyers we keep talking about the interesting legal aspects of this Trump indictment and like, oh, it should be dismissed because of this. And, and the indictment doesn't allege this. And can they prove this? And, you know, that's easy for us to do, but we keep forgetting the big picture. And the big picture is before the Alvin Bragg indictment, this has never happened in this country ever. It was the biggest deal in the whole world. And it still should be. But we're just now almost like fatigued by these indictments and just acting as if these are normal and all this is normal. And I don't know if that's the plan, which is why they tried him or why they indict him in two different places in federal court. Why are they spacing out the state? Just the timing alone shows you how political and how planned out this is. I mean, they've spaced out. If he's this bad guy who did all these bad things, why have they waited until he's running for president? Why have they waited until he's in the lead for president? Why are they spacing out the indictments? Why are they going to grand juries months after going to this grand jury? Why are they separating out these claims? Why is Georgia waiting until everything gets resolved in this January 6th? It's all so perfectly timed as if they're coordinating it. How do we not feel like this is political? I just don't see it any other way. What do you think? I mean, I think they they honestly want us to suffer from from fatigue. Uh, and <clears throat> someone mentioned the other day, I read that uh, they believe that you know January sixth was was a bit planned because they intended for for individuals who are hyped about Trump to not feel as motivated later when they see their your you know their their colleagues being arrested or the FBI or those uh, agencies, the government um, basically going after their their friends. Um, they didn't think that, honestly, that we'd be in a situation today where, you, like you said, you know, the president, you know, the former president has astronomical ratings. Uh, people are still supporting him. They thought everything that they threw at him would would chip away at his support and the whole uh, following of the "Make America Great" following, they like to call it, that that would be lost, and we would have uh, individuals, you know, who are not as popular right now because the individual voter would have no other choice. Uh, but you see what the voters want. They want Trump. Most people who you are listening to your program right now, they want Trump. They don't want any of the other 
candidates that are running on the Republican side. And we can tell that the, the current president is not as popular as, as individuals said he was uh, on Election Day. So yeah. it's really a concerning, as we think about it now, concerning about what we will think, where we'll get in the future. I saw something else today where, uh, you know, the grand jury that indicted the president in, you know, indicted, in the, indicted the president for the case in Miami was actually in Washington, D.C. And yeah. the judge down in Miami is actually interested in finding out more about that. Yeah. You know, why why was a grand jury in this city uh, <laughs> right. used to indict him for a case down here? They so forum shopped well. a jury. Um, American Adversaries was talking about this right before my show. They forum shopped a, 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 a jury. They forum, a forum shopped uh, a grand jury. <laughs> the stuff that's happening is just so crazy. And, and there's so much more to talk about. I, I got to go. Ty, thank you so much for calling in the show. Please call in next week. We will continue this conversation because there's things I want to talk about, about whether or not Pete Trump would be as popular but for these indictments. And that's something we got to continue. Thank you so much for calling and thank you for being a great friend. Take care. Guys, thank you for tuning in for another exciting David Pollack show. Uh, we're going to be continuing the conversation in a Twitter X space at 830. If you go to my social media at the Pollock show, we're going to continue the conversation there beginning at 830. If you want to continue to have this conversation, we will be back next week. We will continue this discussion. We'll be talking about some other things I'm working on right now, but I can't tell you just yet. So stick around for another David Pollock show next week. And thanks for tuning in. Good night. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. WORL, Orlando. News, opinion, passion. With this SR.